Hello, bonsoir, and welcome to the Get French Football News Show. I'm your host, Nathan Staples, and joining me this week, as always, are Eric David and Philippe Bargil. Another week of French football saw this final side in Europe crash out, a club put up for sale, and a world-class striker emitted from the national team for squad harmony reasons. I hope you're ready for a very spicy episode, but before we start that fire, here is this week's news. Ligue 1's fixture computer had seen the week's biggest game come on Friday evening rather than Sunday, and despite an early dismissal from Maxwell Cornet, Nice's visit to Lyon was still a thrilling match. Valais Germain's opener was cancelled out late on as Alexandre Lacazette turned in a rebound for a one-all draw that keeps the hosts in the Champions League places. Saturday's early match saw a frustrated Paris Saint-Germain release their energy on visiting Caen, the champions warming up for this weekend's Coupe de la Ligue final with a 6-0 win. Zlatan Ibrahimovic with two goals and two assists. In the multiplex, the relegation picture was further muddied with Trois securing a shock win at home to Reims 2-1. Ozago Touré's equaliser at the death saw Toulouse denied a vital three points at Lyon. Les Melus earning a one-all draw. Despite their opponent's stumbles, Gazalek Ajaxia were unable to steal a march, losing 4-2 at home to Lille, thanks to a Sofiane Buffal hat-trick, a result which saw the visitors into sixth ahead of Rennes. Angers won 3-1 at Bordeaux, while a resolute Saint-Étienne defeated Bastia 1-0, earning their fourth consecutive win and fourth consecutive clean sheet the return of Roy Pan in that time perhaps being no coincidence. On Sunday, a disinterested not may have uh, allowed Montpellier another year's stay in Ligue 1. The visitors put 2-0 win, pulling them six points clear of the drop, while Gangon's trip to Rennes saw their own relegation worries all but disappear, Thibaut Goretti's uh, assisting all three goals in a 3-0 victory. Sunday's late match saw a scoreless looked a scoreless draw for the better part of an hour before Mon- host Monaco notched a pair of goals at the Stade Louis II. Michi Batshuayi's injury time strike only a consolation as the hosts moved two points clear in second with that 2-1 win. In Ligue 2, Nancy emphatically showed their gulf in class between the top two and those chasing third, thumping hosts Le Havre 3-1. The visitors now just need three more points to seal promotion to Ligue 1. There's several teams still giving chase, though, as wins by Metz and Lens saw the pair move into third and fourth, respectively. Whilst Le Havre and Red Star remain level on points with the Northern Club, setting a stage for a potentially massive match on week 38 as Metz travel to Lens. And that's all your news. Um, had, if you want to keep up to date with the latest as they happen, head on over to our website at www.getfootballnewsfrance.com and follow us on Twitter at GFFN. We start this week with Paris Saint-Germain and their European hopes fell at the quarter-finals hurdle again as Manchester City won 1-0 at the Etihad Stadium in midweek, sealing a 3-2 win on aggregate. Philip, how disappointing was the game and the result for the Ligue 1 champions? Yeah, it, was, um, it wasn't good, wasn't it? It wasn't a good game uh, to watch particularly. Um, you were expecting a better game. Uh, from Pages and in the first leg, and as a result, you got a worse one. Bloch could be to blame for starting with a 3-5-2, a formation he's never ever used for PSG, or well, he's probably played a 4-4-2 a couple of times to to uh, to uh, say to Cavani, "Hey, I can play you uh, uh, as in an attacking role, not on the on the on the wing a couple of times, but you still don't come up with the goods." But uh, this was wrong. This was uh, wrong. Now I admire Audacity on the whole. Uh, I think it's good that he's uh, he he had the bottle to do it. And if it comes off, he's a genius. But uh, you know he was against Pellegrini. Pellegrini had a great game plan, which was uh, a bit uh, a bit Catenaccio, but uh, not 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 that much really. Um, I didn't feel that uh, Manchester City side without Yaya Toure without company. I didn't see them so uh, threatened after all. They just had a very simple 
a very simple game plan. They had a penalty, they missed a penalty by uh, Aguero, um, and uh, it just didn't it just didn't go. Now I at halftime, 1-0, actually Motta was injured, and that actually forced Blanc to make the substitution. Motta replaced by, um, I think it was, uh, I think it was Pastore, wasn't it? Maybe it's somebody else. Um, and Lucas came out for, for It was Marta. Lucas. Thank you. It was Lucas. Um, and uh, in, in a way, it's, it's a good thing, because I'm not even sure Blanc would have resorted to to uh, four three, back to 4-3-3. Three, three. Uh, so... Before half time, but I was I was fully expecting him to do so uh, until the until the substitutes. Um, now a lot of um, experts have been saying the same thing, and they've been saying it's okay to try something new. Probably not doing a, such a massive game as this one, but it's you know it's good. You know it shows you know you are capable, you are willing to do to do stuff. But it's also very very important, vital. As well, to acknowledge when you've done the wrong thing uh, from a tactical point of view, something really big managers uh, cannot. Uh, some some of the managers they don't just can't really admit admit it when they're when they're wrong. Um, and um, Blanc just didn't do that. He just waited for the the first half to uh, you know endure, and um, then came. Came the um, the injury to Motta, so it was a, he was in 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 a way forced to go back to four three three. But I was actually really hopeful that the reversal back to four three three would work because we saw that PSG were doing better. And then Pastore came into the game, and we saw a bit more, you know, uh, passing uh, passing in dangerous positions and stuff like that. And it just didn't work. I, I'm not quite sure why, but the players just did not respond. And then De Bruyne scored the winning goal, and PSG can have no complaints. I mean, it's uh, it's a completely deserved win. PSG did uh, nothing all game. Most of the key players did not perform. Yes, they were absentees, um, and with a full squad, maybe PSG would have would have uh, would have progressed. But uh, PSG still should have won the first leg, uh, and uh, probably should have had a, a better result to take to Manchester. But you know they didn't. It finished 2-2. It didn't finish 2-1 like against Chelsea, and uh, Manchester City were not forced to attack. They were as they they could they could stay with um, with a nil-nil draw, and they had the personnel. Pellegrini, you know, kudos to Pellegrini. So, well done, City, PSG. You know, see you next year, probably at the same stage. Eric, let's talk about that decision to go with the 3-5-2 to begin with. I think Philip made an excellent point that managers that do that and win seem like tactical geniuses, but if you lose in those situations where you've never tried that, it seems like a boneheaded decision. It it was the wrong idea for Blanc, really, and was it the wrong time to try and employ something like that? So, okay, I don't think that it was necessarily the wrong decision. I can see why he was doing it. It was to afford more protection to, to Thiago Mata, by having Di Maria and uh, Adrian Rabio sit a little bit deeper and be a little bit a little bit more compact to to clog space in the middle of the field and allow and also allow uh, an extra defender to track the runs of uh, De Bruyne and Silva and Navas and Aguero when he dropped deep. So it made sense um, in terms of allowing uh, allowing PSG a little bit more t- protection in midfield. Uh, the fact was that. If City were to score a goal, PSG would need to score two, uh, thereby heightening the onus on the team. So I can understand why uh, Blanc was going with a more cautious approach. He didn't want to concede an early goal. I get it. But the fact of the matter is that this this formation probably could have worked uh, were the personnel thought of a little bit differently. I think that in particular, uh, playing Aurier uh, as, as one of the, the defenders, uh, didn't make a lot of sense. Uh, what I think I I probably would have done were to use the 3-5-2 uh, were to have dropped Thiago Mata into defense, uh, started Sambuli, uh, and then played Kurzawa and Aurier as the wing backs instead of Maxwell and Vanderbilt. Both are very direct uh, and pacey and uh, could really get at uh, City's uh, defend, City's uh, fullbacks and, and really test them, something that we hadn't seen in the first leg. 
that would also allow uh, uh, <clears throat> either Lucas, two or three from Lucas, uh, Di Maria, and Rabio to start in midfield to give a little more thrust uh, in, in attack and give, give Cavani and Ibrahimovic a little bit more service. So I don't necessarily disagree with playing 3-5-2 in general because I can see what Blanc is trying to do. I do think, though, that the personnel that he used in that regard uh, was what he got wrong. Uh, Thiago Matas played center back uh, on multiple occasions, and I think he, he would have been fine doing that. But again, uh, being played in that defensive midfield role, he he was simply too stretched, uh, even with the extra protection. And it, it you know his injury forced Blanc to reshuffle and reshuffle again. And uh, you know it just looked like a manager who was frankly gasping at straws, uh, switching switching Marquinhos and Aurier on on both flanks. Uh, just restricting Rabio and Di Maria in terms of their involvement going forward, and it just it just didn't seem like he had had, had really thought out this formation beyond oh three five two will uh, make us a little bit more solid at the back. Uh, he really needed to parse this a little bit more and, and think about how how the team would be facilitated going forward. I mean, Ibrahimovic and Cavani cut very isolated figures. Uh, you know, if Lucas and Pastore are and Di Maria are your, are your three best creative players. You need to have two of them on the pitch uh, from the start. Uh, even though Lucas did come on and Pastore did as well, uh, this is a must-win match. It literally is the biggest match of your season. If you've got, if you've got a, the level of, pardon me, the level of fitness that'll allow those two to play the amount of time that they did, uh, why aren't they included from the off, uh, or why aren't they included uh, earlier on in the match? As, as it becomes uh, more apparent that City are sitting deeper and deeper, which they did as as the match progressed. If you look. Uh, at points later in the later in the second half, I mean, his his novice in particular is is almost acting as an auxiliary right back. A PSG or, or City City sorry are basically playing five or six at the back. They're really really sitting deep and inviting uh, PSG to come onto them, but because they they lacked the um, the way the keys to unlock that because Di Maria was sitting so deep, there wasn't really the opportunity for PSG to do that to break and run at them with pace uh, because the players. To whom the ball is coming to, that is Ibrahimovic and Cavani, uh, aren't of uh, aren't of the don't have the speed to to to, to come at City in, in that way, and there were a few chances on balls over the top, but uh, the the quality from those two just wasn't there aside from the the free kicks that Ibrahimovic had. So, uh, yeah, it was just a really frustrating uh, evening overall, and I, I don't really see what what Blanc was was getting at with this. It just it just if he loses his job over this, I I have to say I don't think it's it would be poorly deserved, which is a disappointment, uh, given given how how I think the team had had looked a lot better, frankly, particularly against Real Madrid in the group stages this season. It seemed like PSG had actually maybe really turned a corner, but now seeing this, I understand again his his hand was forced with the uh, suspensions of Matuidi and Luis, but still, it's just a a, a really sh shocking way to set out a stall from this manager and. It, it's frustrating for French football, and it's frustrating for the potential of this team, uh, given how good they've looked um, earlier in this competition. Yeah, and, and you mentioned there that Di Maria has been saddled in the middle and and held back a little bit, and having your most creative player stucking that role in the swamp that was the centre or the midfield of that of the of the game is it was such a narrow game at times that it really affected them. I mean, I'm looking at Zlatan Ibrahimovic's touch map at the moment on on the BBC website, and he has one touch in the box all game. I think that tells you the story of what happened. Is that it, their most important player had to come to those central areas to even get the ball at any stage of the game, and that's where you would say, at least bodies wise, Man City have the strength. I mean, their their best player on the night, unsurprisingly, and the best player in those central areas is De Bruyne, and that, that's where Man City had the advantage. That's where they got the goal from. And PSG never really stretched the game enough to, to cause City problems. I don't think there was any real danger from them again. But looking back again, Philip, at that game, who really disappointed for PSG? Who didn't quite give the effort that was needed in this kind of game? 
I'm actually looking at Eric's article on Outsiders of Booze. His uh, the first uh, the first um, uh, uh, what's uh, what's it called um, a picture of the pitch is uh, how the PSG player are depicted and uh, up against the Manchester City player. You just you just see that there really is uh, not that big um, difficulty for Manchester City to defend against this unit because you have to when you're playing a three-five-two you have to know how to play a three-five-two. I don't think Blanc knows how to do that. I think uh, Conte would have managed uh, something like that. But uh, I, I do believe that uh, not only I, I don't think it was, it was necessary, it was also actually playing into Pellegrini's hands because the players looked a bit lost without the ball. And they didn't have, uh, I, I didn't feel they had uh, that much possession. Even if they did, they didn't do that much with it. Who played uh, badly? Uh, I'd say pretty much everyone, aside from uh, Thiago Silva, so Van der Veer was not too bad, I think Maxwell was not too bad either. Thiago Motto is too, uh, is too slow for this level, he needs to um, either be sold or not ever not play at this level of uh, football again, he's just too old. Uh, Rabio was alright, I thought it wasn't, uh, wasn't too bad, Cavani was being himself, Zlatan was, uh, you can't really blame Zlatan for not, uh, not being too um, Good, shall we say? But uh, you know, he did uh, he did uh, very hard from the free kicks. It was actually Pierce's uh, sole uh, attempt on goal. Um, yeah, uh, most most of them, most of them. Uh, the main culprit, I would say, uh, Aurier for the horrible, horrible back passes, and uh, Di Maria. I think uh, I think Di Maria was really, really poor. Or something needs to be to to be to be said, and and really needs the communication has really not been good about Aurier there. Aurier comes out, he insults Blanc, and uh, it almost seems like um, uh, Nasser Al Khelaifi is forcing Blanc to play him, as Blanc doesn't really want him there. As everybody is saying, you know, he's the best right back, but uh, the best right back has insulted you, and he's not. Uh, fan favourite anymore. He has to gain the the fans' uh, trust back, and that's by playing a few games in the reserves, as by playing a few games in Liga. Uh, for example, last weekend against um, uh, against Gagar, the games against Scar, he should be playing those games. He, he shouldn't be. He's, he's almost rewarded for uh, you know not being injured and and stuff like that. And I think I think it's extremely weak management from from Blanc. Uh, this is something that uh, has. On a bit under under the radar, but oh, he was he, he was found a way to worst performer uh, over the two legs, and uh, well, for for one thing, the equaliser of Manchester City is down to him. Uh, the penalty is ma mainly down to him because he lost the ball. So I would yeah, I would say these two are my big culprits, Ori and Di Maria. I thought Sergio Silva was wonderful at uh, centre back again, um, and yeah, that's it. The others, the others, you don't really expect them to to shine that much. Um, so, yeah. Well, Philip, I mean, you don't expect Ibrahimovic and Cavani to, to sign. Look at the fees paid for them. Look at the wages they're on. I mean, no, no, uh, I know. I, I meant that in Zlatan, I, because, because he was so, you know, up top against such a shit midfield. And, and if, um, sorry, against, you know, with a shit midfield, um, I think, uh, I think, uh, Zlatan, I think Di Maria would be the culprit for Zlatan, but when Zlatan had a chance, his free kicks were well taken. It was, it was okay. Uh, it's not a two out of ten for me. It's not great. What it's about not... Cavani? Uh, Cavani was just himself. I mean, you know, just. Uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, I've uh, stopped expecting much from him ages ago, really. And he had, uh, sometimes he was, Cavani was being put into the positions though. There was a ball over the top. I can't remember if it was from Lucas or Pastore uh, mm. before City had scored, and he had he had three touches, and before you know it, Hart's out there to get the ball off him, and. You know, just chip it over him. I, I don't understand how he's got such a poor, a poor touch. He's being played out uh, uh, into the flat. Sonia's Sonia's gone up the wing. He's in space and and he's he's in a great position to to have a shot, but he trips over his own feet basically and and hearts hearts out to cover things up. I don't. Yeah, but if if you if you watch him every week, that's just what he does. He's just not very uh, not a good finisher anymore. He's just uh, his touch is uh, is a bit uh, heavy. And uh, I don't, uh, yeah, he's uh, he's not he, uh, he's not to be relied upon for that type of uh, chances. I don't think. I mean, he comes with the goods. He 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 fights very well, um, but uh, that's about it. 
uh, I'm not really disappointed in him in that in a way that I don't expect much of him. Mm. Well, I'm going to make a maybe slightly odd statement here, but it it does remind me at least a little bit of uh, Radamel Falcao's form at Manchester United, the the way that Cavani's playing at the moment. I mean, he's it's got not that bad. Yeah, <laughs> but it's but it's getting there. That's the thing. Yeah. I mean, he's been given enough chances to play in the, that up front role. And he's missing chances. He's missing clear chances and good opportunities. But um, has he? I mean, he's not been played as a striker. I feel like when mm. Cavani has been played as a striker, central striker by PSG, in the absence of Ibrahimovic, as he was uh, particularly in the group stages of the Champions last season, he has done all right. I, do I think mm. he's of the caliber need to win the Champions League as a center forward? No. But I do think he's better than what he's been showed uh, being played on the left of a 4-3-3 or up top with Ibrahimovic. I don't, I don't think that... I just don't think he should be used in a 4-3-3. But that's the issue, isn't it? I th- I think playing him at all in these kind of games, like you've mentioned before, Eric, is is the problem. But how how do PSG move forward from this result oh. heading into next season, Eric? How do they how do they look towards changing something about this to get further in the competition? Well, I mean, let's let's look at this. The team is still, you know, Thiago Mata and Ibrahimovic side. Still relatively young. Uh, Cavani, if they keep him, uh, is uh, 29 in the summer, I want to say. So he's still a relatively young player. Uh, if if they can move him on and get some sort of fee for him, uh, a move for Cristiano Ronaldo or Neymar has been mooted. Um, I could see either one of them doing a good job if they continue to play 4-3-3. But if they don't keep Cavani, that would leave, leave them in need of, of, a, of an out-and-out striker unless they were to convert Ronaldo to that. Um, but I, I think that you know beyond transfer speculation because that's not that's not necessarily going to help get to the root of what's of the issue. I think they should I think they should move to replace uh, either Ibrahimovic, Cavani, or both, um, and and bring in a, a more mobile and a more active striker. Um, maybe it could be Alexander Lacazette. Even as a Lyon fan, I'd, I'd hate to see that happen. But I think he's the type of player who could work very very well. Uh, in that role, maybe a Robert Lewandowski, uh, someone like that, uh, and and to cre- to make the team uh, be consistent throughout. Because what you've got with that team is a good mobile midfield, and a, a, you know, a good especially uh, as Kurzawa uh, develops to, to replace Maxwell, uh, good attacking fullbacks. Uh, they're both able to run with the ball, um, so there's a lot of energy and a lot of thrust in midfield. Um, you know, Rabio, Di Maria, the same type of player, a very high energy. Uh, game when they're at their best, uh, and to have to have the team be of a piece because I feel like that's been the issue. Is that yes, Ibrahimovic is is fantastic and has these great qualities. He's scored a you know massive amount of goals in the league, but the fact of the matter is that sometimes because he and Cavani have this lack of pace, this lack of movement, uh, this lack of energy, and it, it's not for a lack of trying, particularly on Cavani's part. Uh, Cavani does get about the pitch, but he's just not. Uh, doesn't seem to be as synchronous with, with the rest of the players um, as perhaps a more mobile striker would be. So if you could have a more fluid attack throughout the team, um, I think I would hold faith in most of what PSG have and, and just try to create something that's a little bit um, that's a little bit more contemporary, something along the lines of a, a Barcelona or even even the type of a 4-3-3 that, that Real Madrid play with players in a bit more, more of a fluid role. Um, and then that they would have... A, a higher a higher level of success, pardon me. Mm. And, and thinking about mobile strikers, someone that's been touted to a number of clubs in Europe that would fit that role in, in, and knows French football, um, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, that might, be, that might be someone that they think about signing if they can prize him from Dortmund, that would be. But I've Phillips, been wanting him for years. <laughs> he, he can be, be centre-forward and winger, he's perfect. Yeah, he he would be. Uh, he's a terrific player. Let's put it that way. I've enjoyed watching him for many years. But um, Philip, just to coattail this, there is talk that this could see Laurent Blanc fired. I know you've written a piece about it this week. What do you think? I think PSG need to be very careful. I'm not saying Blanc is perfect, but uh, I think there are very few managers out there who have uh, the same type of, or the same profile and the same patience, moreover, because. Um, I think there's a real lack of di- of um, 
a distinct lack of managers who are willing to uh, be managers for the Bayern, the Barcelona, the Real Madrid, then, then this and that. Um, Mourinho has uh, fallen out of this category for getting sacked. That's uh, basically uh, all the jobs he's had. Um, and uh, this leaves us with uh, Ancelotti, who's very good, um, and who Peggy had, and uh, we're very uh, happy to have actually. Um, but uh, you know, uh, when uh, when the real big boys come and calling, you know, you, this is just to show that Peggy aren't there yet, and uh, why why should they? I mean, they only had a couple of years of of uh, superstardom. Um, you've got Guardiola, who uh, who is now off to Manchester City, so. Uh, they'll probably uh, be harder to beat next season. Um, so uh, I think that um, PSG are uh, a bit like the Bayern Munich of, uh, of France, and I do think that PSG are um, a side that is expected to go very, very far in the Champions League. At the end of the day, it's a bit of, um, of a toss coin whether you're going to win it or not, um, because uh, it really wasn't uh, that, uh, <coughs> um, shall we say, uh, straightforward that City qualification, even though Peugeot did not play well. Uh, but uh, is there a manager who would uh, accept to play against uh, mediocre side every every week of the of the uh, domestic season, and then play um, in the Champions League for real? And he'll be uh, valued just for winning the Champions League. I don't think there is. I don't think Mourinho is, uh, is the type of guy who will be happy to do that. He'll probably ha be happy to do that a couple of uh, for a couple of seasons, just like Blanc. And uh, then he'll move on. They'll say, okay, you know, I've I've had it with you. I'm I'm going to uh, I don't know uh, Manchester United or something. Um, but um, I, d I, d I just don't see long term. I don't see uh, a natural replacement for Blanc aside from Deschamps. I can see Deschamps at PSG. Hmm. But uh, that's that's about it. I, get, I don't see Guardiola at PSG. I don't see Mourinho at PSG. Uh, Ancelotti for return? Why not? Yeah, maybe in a couple of years. Um, uh, I, don't know. I just I just don't don't see anyone. Um, and I think uh, the Qataris need to be very careful uh, if they do sack him. Sack Blanc. What about Pellegrini? Uh, no, thank you. <laughs> I. That's an interesting one. No, I mean, well, he's a I mean, I, I, I believe that this guy is a tactical genius. He is. He knows what he's. He knows what he's doing. Uh, he knew exactly what he was doing in the first leg. He knew exactly what he was doing in the second leg. And uh, it, you, could, you could always feel that Pellegrini said, "Really, you're going to play a three-five-two against me? You're dead." Mm. And you know, well, we were. Um, but uh, it's uh, to, to me, the management is too weak, and I don't think I would uh, enjoy. So to speak, I don't. I really don't think I would enjoy um, Pellegrini as PSG manager. Mm -hmm. Just a thought. He's done very, very well in this competition over the years with Malaga, mm. uh, the, and with prior spells uh, with Spanish teams as well. I, I think that with other Spanish teams as well. Um, I, I he's someone I, I think I would appreciate. But I, for me, I think that I think that Blanc should should be given another season's reprieve. Um, had he had Louise, had he had Matuidi. Uh, that match could have looked. Had he had Verratti, I mean, you, to to lose three players of that class and and to still make a fist of that tie, I, I think is you know it shows testament to the to the PSG. We shouldn't be ringing the alarm alarm bells quite yet. I think there's still a lot to be said for the the current squad, uh, bar the the aforementioned strikers. And I think that uh, I think the Blanc's done well too. I mean, Rabio in particular, I think is is a, a really a shining example of uh, how he's. Continue to continue to push the envelope and de and develop <clears throat> develop this team uh, in a way that's that's approaching sustainability. Taking this young French player who is he's sort of an afterthought in the previous few seasons, but now he's being used in the biggest stages, uh, being used in crucial matches. And the player the player that Rabio is now for me versus the player that he was. I'm thinking about that opening uh, match against Lille where he was he received two bookings in the first half hour and was sent off. Uh, you know that's not the sort of Mindless, you know, full of energy, but maybe perhaps lacking in quality and and thoughtfulness that we that we um, that we have at present. We have a, a really impressive, impressively maturing young footballer, and I think that Blanc needs to be given 
you know, a, a good amount of credit for that. Uh, I don't, I don't know about his handling of the Aurier situation. I, I do have uh, my doubts about that, but um, you know, there's, there's all, there's all, despite the frustrations, there's a lot of good to be had uh, with the work that Blanc has done, and in, in particular, managing uh, the cast of egos that he has in terms of Thiago Silva and Zlatan uh, <clears throat> uh, Ibrahimovic in particular. Mm. It promises to be an interesting summer, anyway. Which way you put it at Paris Saint Germain, as we as we head to see what they will do next season. Um, we will move on now to Marseille, who are up for sale. Uh, the owner Margarita Louis Dreyfus has decided to find new investment, saying in a statement that she would look for a new buyer who will build a team at the highest level and have the team's best interests at heart. Is this the right move, Philip? Oh yeah, no. You definitely have to think so. Otherwise, uh, the club is uh, is heading straight to League Two. Uh, they they're really not that far from the relegation zone now, playing uh, absolutely horrible football. Uh, again, last night at Monaco, actually made a poll about uh, whether Marseille were going to score again this season. But then Michi Bacchori scored. Um, uh, another absolutely toothless uh, performance. Uh, very very. Very poor, and uh, I do believe that um, Mandanda is really starting to uh, question whether w what is he doing here. I mean, yes, it's a massive club; it's the biggest club in the land, but uh, still, it's uh, it, the level is just so so poor, and uh, someone needs to come in quickly uh, and to ensure that Marseille finish at least in the top half in 2016-17. Uh, uh, and the good news is uh, uh, Margarita doesn't uh, really mind if she's losing her money on it because I think she's uh, had uh, really, really enough. She, she, she's really, she really sounds fed up with the club. She, she really sounds like, okay, I've had it. People, <laughs> people are insulting me. People are being sexist. Uh, um, while uh, at the games, it's, uh, you know, she, uh, I think she's had it. She wants to sell and uh, and say. Uh, you know, good riddance and uh, good luck to the one to 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 the person who's going to uh, to buy it. Now, I think with a decent amount of money, uh, you can uh, make uh, great uh, great things with Marseille. And uh, I think, yeah, I think there's an expire. I hope that the club will make a, a decent um, study of the bids and uh, buy an, an owner who actually has money, not just who says he has some. It really is. It really is vital for French football as well. It really is very, very important for French football that uh, Marseille um, uh, achieve a good, uh, a good takeover. It, it's a, it really is very important. Yeah, and find the right owner is. It's good to hear that she's waiting to find the right person to take over, really, rather than rushing a sale. But saying that, obviously, an ideal scenario Eric, would be an oil-rich tycoon coming in, pumping loads of money, but. In any case, it can't linger on for too long waiting for a buyer, can it? It, also, it could continue to adversely affect a team that's not doing well in the first place. Yeah, I, I think that's, that's absolutely correct. I think that this is a huge... Even, I, I, think that, I think that there is, though, for me, a lot of, a lot of potential for progress here. I think that... Um, you know, I know Mondanda's going to go, uh, but they've got you know a good young keeper in, in Bryce Samba uh, waiting in the wings. Uh, Michi Betchwa is going to go. I think that this team should be re remade into uh, Nicholas Sinkulu is going to go too into uh, a really exciting, high-pressing, counter-attacking uh, young team. Uh, I like George Kevin and Kudu potentially moving to striker. Uh, I like. Uh, I like Bunasar as a as a wide player, um, and I like a, a, a high pressing, a high intensity uh, midfield as well. Um, but so I think there's a lot of potential with the current squad. But the fact the fact of the matter is that this the reason this team has stagnated, uh, particularly this season, uh, is that they're still trying to play uh, again with some wrinkles. I mean, obviously the, the addition of Dr makes a difference in one example, uh, but the issue is they aren't they aren't taking the opportunity to they're sorry they're trying to play the same style of football they played last year without the same players. I mean Dimitri Payet, 
Andrei Pierzyniak uh, in particular, uh, there's not there's just not the same level of, of quality there to play to play that same that same style of of, of upfront attacking football that that pardon me we saw last season uh, from from Marcelo Bielsa and the fact of the matter is that you know without a manager that really understands the league understands how to get the best out of these players uh, they've always been they've always been they've always been poor uh, and it's it's just a, it's just a lot of problems, and it's sad for me to see. Thinking back to where Marseille were, you know, five six years ago, consistently in the Champions League, consistently in the knockout rounds of the Champions League, uh, to see that that team reduced to to what we have now uh, through through poor financial planning and through uh, a lack of ability to have a consistent coherent managerial strategy uh, from one manager to the next, and in lack of ability to maintain uh, the services of Bielsa, just it's just a, a myriad of missteps for this club, and it, it's really frustrating to see that happening uh, to a club who should be, by all rights, uh, you know, one of France's consistently uh, strong sides uh, up there with with PSG, with Lyon, with Monaco. Yeah, and and you talk about that mismanagement there. I mean, we've seen it a number of times in the last season or two of of players they could quite easily get a good figure for, even if it's. Five, ten million, because they've got a year left on their contract. They're letting these players leave on freeze. It's, it's, it's at least a positive sign that they've signed Michi Batshuayi to a contract, which will mean they'll probably get good money for him in the summer from someone. But it's that mismanagement that's really crippled them in terms of the quality that they have. They've not been able to bring out in the the caliber of players to replace them because they don't have that money, and the the owner can't keep pumping money into a team that's not delivering any money back. And it's been that endless cycle that's slowly, as we've seen them last night, you mentioned, Philip, they were they were dreadful again. And now they're six points off the bottom three. I mean, could they? Could they be relegated, Philip? Oh, yeah. I, I believe that Montpellier and Guingamp will, um, will probably finish above them, which means that uh, Marseille will finish... Uh, uh, 16th, which is horrible. Um, they've been horrible against Bordeaux. Uh, this is why the game against Bordeaux last last Sunday, not last night, but uh, the week before that, was the worst game probably of the season uh, because Marseille did not have the potential um, up front and they couldn't beat uh, the goalkeeper. And um, as um, as bad as uh, Marseille's defence is, it is quite hard to score a goal against Steve Mandanda because he is a world-class goalkeeper. But Monaco have the players that can beat them. And uh, we saw with uh, Bernardo Silva last night. It was a very good goal, long range, no problem. Um, and I, w when I ask the question, are they going to score again, it, I, I, it's, not, it's not me just being anti-Marseille. It's, it's, me, it's me asking a genuine question saying they are so poor going forward, can they score a goal? And if you can't score a goal, you're going to get, uh, what, four, four doors of the remaining four games, which is uh, 44 points. Some sides have, uh, have gone down with that, and uh, that's, um, that's also a case of, um, of Marseille having to, uh, having to play Reims and Trois at the, at the very end of the season. Of course, it's, a, it's, a, it's an extreme long shot. First of all, Toulouse have to, have to get um, above Gazelec and Reims, and I, I do believe Toulouse are the side who, who uh, are the more, more motivated to stay up. Um, and realistically speaking, I do not believe Marseille will go down. I think there will be a win uh, somewhere down the line, but uh, Marseille will not finish uh, above above 13th, which is uh, which is pretty bad. But I think it's probably a necessary evil, to be honest, because that really shows that uh, the club have sold all their players, and that uh, the, the management is just one of carelessness. Uh, La Bruyne is getting uh, absolutely. Uh, killed on on social media as well. Um, he he needs to to um, to to get to go as well. His uh, handling of the Bielsa fiasco was absolutely horrible. Uh, and uh, once once a new owner comes in, I think there'll be a sense of optimism. There'll be there'll be absolutely everything. They'll probably get, be able to get a decent manager. No offense to Michel. Um, you know everything will will go better. So I think I think Marseille finishing in a in a very low position. But not going down, otherwise that would really 
probably not kill the club. But it would uh, I think I think the club will always uh, will always be able to to live. Um, it will be uh, yeah, like I said, a necessary evil. Plus, you know, they are hosting not next week. Not who are on was it three? Yeah, three straight defeats and one win in seven. And they're very poor away from home. No, so, no, no. Unless they could win at the Bugadum, <laughs> actually. That's that's a really long shot as well. Yeah. Well, Eric, I know we've, I've already mentioned could they get relegated, but the fact that we're talking about Marseille in this context is is a statement enough of itself, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, this is a team that, I mean, come on, we're in first place for most of the, most of the first half of last season. And, again, slipped towards the end. Some of the players tired as a result of... Uh, Bielsa's tactics, they had to deal with some injuries as well, but I mean, that's where the club should be. Uh, I'm not saying that with the money that PSG have, they should be challenging uh, for the title, but the fact of the matter is, you know, this team, you know, look at their resources compared to that of, of a Ren, uh, you know, of, of, a, of a Saint-Etienne, of a you know, of some of the other teams that are of a Lille. Of the, you know, again, Lille's in a big stadium, has a decent fan base, but they're not Marseille. I mean, Marseille are still the best supported team in France, and the fact that this is, yeah, again, even in the cards is, is simply ludicrous. Yeah, it's, there's plenty of fans for that club, and there's plenty of them that will tell you that it's completely unacceptable for them to be in that position, and let's hope that something happens sooner rather than later that can mean that they are much better next season. Um, we move on to the, the real quality game of, of the weekend that happened on Friday night that saw Lyon come back from a red card and a goal down to draw 1-1 with Nice. Uh, how vital was it for Bruno Genesio's side, Eric, not to lose this one in the end? Oh, it, I mean, it was huge. It, it's, you know, it showed great character from the team. You know, Tolisso's coming back into the side. Uh, uh, <clears throat> Balbuena's showing what he can do. And, you know, now I think that we've, we've got to look at... Uh, there being a very interesting choice for Genesio to make over the next three matches. Uh, again, with a straight red card, uh, Maxwell Cornet is suspended for the next three matches, I believe, uh, pending a disciplinary hearing on Thursday. Uh, but uh, does he go with Fakir? Does he go with Valbuena? Does he change the system slightly? Uh, there's there's a lot of uh, a lot of interest to be to be had over what's going to happen with this with this team over the next uh, month. I, I still make them favorites uh, to finish in the Champions League spots. Um, but uh, how Genesio resolves things tactically and, and personnel-wise is going gonna, is gonna to be really interesting. But again, yeah, credit to, to Leon. They showed uh, an incredible battling spirit, uh, even even as Nice continued to have chances. Anthony Lopez had a fantastic match. That uh, I, I think that, that they've got they've shown they've got the the dr the will and the drive uh, to continue to push on and, and be uh, make a return to the Champions League. Uh, you know, just seeing how Lacazette celebrated, <clears throat> pardon me, that equalizer, uh, you know, I mean, this is a player who is, you know, after an indifferent first half to the season, is fully invested in this club and uh, is going to do um, what, what's necessary to, to drag this team over the line. Uh, and it looks like his teammates are, are doing the same thing. He's not having that bad a season, is he? I mean, 17 goals is a good return for him. Uh, for, for some but where was he at in December? Sorry? Where, I mean, where was Lacazette's form in December? Is what I'm saying. I think he yeah. scored 11, 11 of those since the, since uh, since Genesio took over. What's your, what's your take on Genesio? I mean, it's it's been a half season almost. Um, so I think I think he he's done a terrific job because Fournier uh, was was still trying to use a four three one two in the first half of the season. Um, yes, he was not helped by the uh, injury to Fikir. But I, I think uh, I think Genesio has, has done a terrific job since uh, since coming in, and that even though Monaco did take back that second spot last night, um, I do believe that you will finish um, second, which is uh, probably what uh, what Genesio's um, target was. Oh, who who would have? I, I would not have thought that Leon would have been favourites for second with Genesio. Yeah, I know you were more pessimistic than me. <laughs> well, I mean, he wasn't a manager with any meaningful. Uh, Experience as a, as a as a head coach, and uh, but uh, you know he's he's shown again like like Remy Gard did uh, four years ago, uh, what intimate knowledge of, of this incredible academy uh, can do for the team, and bringing bringing along the likes of uh, the likes of uh, Cordy and Gazal 
and you know, as as well as continuing to develop the likes of Quentin Tolisso, Jordan Ferry, who I think has had a really unsung season, uh, and mm-hmm. he's he, he's getting the best out of Sergey Dardair as well. I mean, Dardair was also sort of a player who had had a fairly un, undistinguished uh, first half of the season. I mean, again, he arrived very late in the transfer window. He's he's struggling as a young player with uh, adjusting to a new language, uh, certainly a different climate, going from beautiful sunny Malaga to Leon, which you know is a is a is a lovely city. But uh, I think the winters there are quite a little bit different than than on the south coast of Spain. Um, I, so I think you know massive credit to Genesio for continuing the development of these players, uh, for showing again that you know Lacazette's performance last season was not just the result of uh, you know, of a, of a system built to suit him, but but and Nabil Fekir, but that he 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 can be a, a tremendous player in uh, a different iteration uh, of an attacking formation, and I think Genesio, you know, fully deserves to continue continue with this team, uh, especially if he gets second place. I, I think that it would really do the team a disservice uh, to do that because there seems to be, you know, also you know. An incredible amount of unity. I think the departure of Claudio Bovu may, may have a good deal to do with that that aspect of things as well. Uh, but the fact that Genesio has got these players pulling together for each other, working hard for each other, uh, both on, on sorry on the pitch, uh, is really a credit to uh, not only his tactical now, but his his managerial abilities, his man management. Um, so yeah, I think a fantastic job has been has been done by Genesio to date, and he deserves to continue. Speaking of tactical ones, I thought it was a very bold move because uh, I'm talking about Friday evening. Um, Connie gets sent off. It's the, I think it's a right decision. I, I, I don't think it's that controversial. No. Um, Same but here. Uh, but what Genesio does, he he goes four two three, which is great. I mean, it's amazing to see that he he has this kind of uh, adventure about him. He, he could he could he could just go okay, we're going four four one, just like any sign that is uh, reduced to ten men. But they're already down a goal, and then they are at least win with Some managers, yeah. I know most Liga managers would say, "Oh well, let's try not to lose too heavily." But uh, what uh, what he did is that uh, he said, "Okay, not too many guys in midfield. Let's uh, let's put them under pressure," which they did. I mean, Lyon had a tremendous second half, aside from you know the break from the newspaper crisis. Yeah, uh, I know, I know, I know. That was that was real funny. Yeah, Liga, um, Liga fans. Uh, okay. But yeah. Uh, no, I agree with you completely, Philip. And that that does take a, a huge amount of chutzpah, if you will, uh, to yeah. to do that. Need literally, if that result is Nice's, you know, then Nice Nice are in the driver's seat uh, with a more comfortable run-in, uh, as opposed to Leon, who still don't forget have Monaco to play uh, yeah. in two weeks' time. And exactly. it, it really. Um... Because I, I honestly thought that he was there for the first stop gap. He was he was there because uh, you know uh, Fony had lost the dressing room. It was not going well. Finished bottom of your Champions League group. You're playing terribly. You're mid table in the in the league, whereas whereas you sh- really should be uh, in the Champions League spots, etc. etc. But you know I, I would be actually surprised if Genesio is not your manager in August. I mean he 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 will uh, I I believe he will be given. The um, opportunity to be the first team coach for a full season, which is great, really. Um, but again, so that's my question: Does he have the uh, necessary, uh, you know, strengths to uh, play a league campaign and Champions League, which yeah, I do I th- hope you will compete in. I think now that everybody's returned to fitness, there is an incredible amount of depth in this in this squad. Uh, Jale has just signed an extension. Uh, you've you've got. Uh, I'd like to see probably another center back, but uh, if Rose comes back from injury, they've got four center backs. They've got uh, they've got two left backs. They've got uh, a great depth in midfield, great depth in attack with Vicky and Valbuena back. Um, this team is is now now given that the summer acquisitions are are better uh, than where they were. Uh, Nine months ago, I'm thinking particularly of Younger and Biwa and and Darder. Uh, that this team looks like it has the depth, depth and strength to to com- compete legitimately on two fronts, which I, I think it didn't perhaps at times uh, uh, earlier this season. Yeah, and and go- going back to the game and, and to the opponents in that one, Nice. For although Cornier sending off clearly changed the game. You, you were talking about Lindsay Rose. 
I'm saying I think they need another center back, but I, Rose will come back. He's on oh, it's alone. alone, is he? Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. But, yeah, continue it with Nice, Philip. They, yeah. they, the, they might rue not being able to get the three points from that game, even though Leon did show some resolve in the last 20 minutes. Yeah, they, they rested on their laws. It's a, it's, it's, it's a real shame. I, I still believe that this side is quite fragile without Ben Arthur. Um, but uh, it's still a great uh, side uh, when they're playing together. Uh, I think uh, Germain and Plea are some really uh, quality players, and that Ben Arthur holds this unit uh, together. Uh, there's also the fact that hmm, it's, it's again it's again this uh, this uh, ongoing problem. Do we want Nice representing France in Europe? Because uh, Pierre's contract is actually running out this summer, and uh, l'équipe have uh, just um, linked uh, Justin Gourvenec, the Guingamp uh, manager, with uh, the managerial post. So I'm not quite sure why Pierre would go because it's going so well, and uh, he he is typically a manager to. Uh, to uh, manage the underdog. He tried to manage Lyon. It did not work at all. So, yeah, I think it's... A, going back uh, to Friday's game, I think it's a, it's a bit of a shame, especially the second half performance. It wasn't it wasn't that great. You can see it was, uh, it was um, the um, diamond shape 4-4-2 a bit transformed itself in a 4-5-1, and uh, you felt that Nice were just uh, playing out the game, whereas uh, Lyon were probably easy, being down to 10 men, were there for the taking. But uh, Nice didn't do that, and that's uh, it's uh, yeah, it's it's a shame because they could have taken second spot, but you know, that's uh, it's uh, it's a missed opportunity. But uh, I, you know, um, I'll I'll still I'll still uh, we support them. Uh, their brand of football is uh, is great. I think they have a terrific run in as well. Um, yeah, it's a yeah. shame. And and just very quickly, at least from my perspective, I thought at times they were wonderful in this game. I mean, as we all know Hatton Ben Arf is a wonderful footballer, and that's a great bonus to have someone so so he seems so comfortable at the club at the moment, which we haven't seen in a long, long time. And him at performing at this level at a consistent basis is what we always thought he might be able to do. But having players like Valerie Germain, who's so experienced and a great close quarters finisher that they really needed having someone like Alassane Player who played really well I thought in this game and, and added a dimension and I could see at moments he learned from Ben Arthur to take things to the opponents and go for a dribble and take on a player and make something happen and Cagello as well is learning in that sense that he's getting involved in the attacking movements, he's holding on to the ball well, he's, he's creating opportunities for his team. I think there's a real positive future for Nice even if Hatem Banafa does leave in the summer because he's, he's it already seems like he's left an impression on those young players who were playing for that club and, and giving them that extra dimension. They really had nothing and looked nothing of last season. But kudos to them. Hopefully Puel will stay on. I can't imagine him wanting to leave at this stage. But you never know in football. As, as shown earlier this week when it was confirmed as we move on to uh, Karim Benzema will not be going to the European Champions with Le Bleu this summer. Um, it was done to keep squad morale solid, according to the French Football Association, but was this the right decision in the end, Philip? Um, the right decision, I don't know. Uh, the decision that most uh, French fans wanted, uh, probably. Um, was it the decision that Deschamps wanted? Uh, I would say, yeah. Well, probably, yeah. Uh, France did play better against Russia, against uh, Holland, but uh, you know they're not exactly well beaters. I would say that uh, it's um, it's a correct decision to uh, count down the, uh, the the fire, put, put a stamp on the, on that fire, uh, because otherwise every one of his uh, every single one of his um, quotes and interviews were going to be. Um, scrutinized and uh, analyzed uh, maybe a bit too much uh, by uh, the media um, and uh, yeah I think it's uh, I think it's a correct decision it's a great opportunity for someone like Andre Pierre Gignac who's not playing in France to actually compete in the Euros um, Martial as well he's got a, a key it's a real key tournament for him hopefully he doesn't get uh, injured and uh, I think it's yeah I think it's a correct uh, Great decision, Eric. What are your thoughts on this one, and who does it give an opportunity to? I think I think I agree with Philip about the the impact in terms of team harmony and propriety and 
and what have you. But I think it gives Antoine Griezmann a chance to show the world that just how good he is. I still don't believe that he's talked about uh, on the same level as as as, as MSN and, and and some of these other other players who you know who are, who are, or a Paul Pogba or somebody who's who are praised to the heavens and, and, and get all this notice. I still don't think that Antoine Griezmann, even with the double and the win over Barcelona last week, I still don't think he's being given enough credit as really being, you know, certainly one of the top ten, if not one of the top five players in the world uh, for me. And I think that this is really his chance to stand out and, and blossom and really turn a major tournament on its head and, and very potentially lead France to victory, uh, seeing that he'll be likely given the, the starting role up top. Yeah, I think you make a great point there. I mean, it's gives it gives a great chance to a player like that who's played wonderfully for us. Question, question. Would you guys take Van Bueno? No. No. Uh, no. You see, I feel bad for the guy. I mean, he's had he's had the hard season, um, and I've been reading this article. Actually, he is at Lyon, and um, where Benzema was actually, um, uh, what's the word? A uh, use, yeah, use product basically, uh, and uh, you and uh, the 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 phase four is very much pro pro Benzema, and Valbuena did did not have a great season at Lyon, um, but uh, he's still he's still one of Deschamps' key players, and uh, his attitude is uh, is is great really, and I think it would be a real shame for him not to go, and I'm not quite sure why he shouldn't be going. I mean, it's not like he did anything Form. wrong in all this. I know, I know. There's this whole thing about if you don't take one, you don't take the other. But still, I think I don't know. I I I would take him. Philip, it's his form. He's not starting for Leon because he he can't he can't displace uh, Rashid Gazal from that right wing. I mean, maybe mm. he gets to start in Cornet's absence uh, at the weekend against Toulouse. But let's face it, this player is 31. This is almost certainly his last major international tournament, even if he were to go. Uh, would you rather have him, or would you rather have Kingsley Coman, who's shown on a consistent level for uh, you know one of Europe's best teams uh, what he can do, and is and is you know and looks to be your answer uh, in that position for the next decade? Uh, I think the experience not only so you know the level of form for Valbuena, his age, the, the history. With Benzema, okay, a little bit fine, but also the the chance to give an opportunity to what is really looking like uh, an incredible collection of, of of attacking talent for France, and to continue to have uh, Coman included in that. You know, the other alternative there at, at right wing that that I mentioned last week in my Le Blue Tracker is is Hatem Ben Arfa again, who is in. in now, now there you go. If, if it's a straight choice between Ben Arfa. Or Valbuena, a veteran right-sided attacking player who's tricky and creative on the ball, but can also score the odd goal. Now, who do you pick? Easy decision, isn't it? <laughs> I think I think you're making that a very easy decision. I mean, thinking about it off the top of my head, th- other than the two Eric's already mentioned, I'd pick Nabil Fakir, even though he's in, he's been out for most of the season over Valbuena on current form. An even no more unlikely pick because of a relationship with Deschamps. I'd pick Nasri in current form. Over Valbuena, and that's that's just quite how his season's really gone for him, unfortunately. Ooh, Nasri back for France. <laughs> it would be a weird one, wouldn't it? I'd, I can't, yeah, it would never, I, I wouldn't take him. I, I think he's better off uh, announcing his uh, his retirement from the from international football. To be honest, but that's that's me. <laughs> uh, I, at least until Deschamps is manager, I just don't see it happening. No, no, it's unlikely. But that's probably how unlikely it is for Valbuena to get in that squad at the moment. But. Yeah. The question. I mean, that you know, if he if he has uh, those uh, amazing four games, you know, I mean, it, it is it is possible, you know. Not looking at this whole Benzema fiasco, yeah. but you know, he's still he's still he's still a, a bloody a bloody good winger with the World Cup experience and all that, and and to me, he 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 is additional player, a bit like Sissoko, Kabai, and and this and the other. So I don't know. I don't think it would be. I don't think it's going to happen. Obviously. But uh, I don't think it's so improbable. Uh, very quickly, just on the end of this, this will be a question that a lot of people will be saying. Because he is such a good forward, and because he's been so integral to France in the last couple of years, although his form for the actual national team hasn't been so great, can France still win the Euros without him, Philip? Well, I think they've got a better chance. 
actually. Eric, to, to win the I agree. I, I think I think their the fluidity and mobility of this team uh, with either a Marshall or or Griezmann up top, I think is is going to be a lot make them a lot more potent than it is with Benzema, given his especially given his we given his uh, patchy international form in the past. Yeah, and I think that'll be spring a surprise on a couple of people who are already thinking that France might be slightly weaker without him but that's all we have for this week my thanks to Eric and Philip and to all of you listening at home this evening we'll be here at the same time next week Abianto and goodbye